Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Scoop B Radio. Is that all ready to go? We have a good show lined up today. I have a special guest, Brandon Scoop B Robinson. He is, as I like to refer to him, the hardest working man in sports business. Um, he hosts his own radio show, and then he does something else where, separate from the radio show, where he interviews people. Um, he's constantly hosting events, interviewing athletes, and just does a lot. So I'm excited to sit and chat with him. He and I actually met covering a... Um, we met on a TV show where we were both called in to, to give um, analysis on, I believe it was Ray Rice and domestic violence at the time. So, yeah, so he's joining me today. And then we're going. All right, we are back. And now I got Scoop B joining me. Say what's up, Scoop. What's up, Scoop? <laughs> what's going on everybody it's good to be here me and you well, we go back like two years ago yeah we met about two years ago um at arise tv r.i.p arise tv i think we met That's on the praying a, emoji i think we met on um i think we were doing a ray rice segment yes yes domestic violence and we were talking about whether or not he had a future in the league and i think we both said nah i said that with some time maybe but it seems like you're right right now. <laughs> yeah, I said so. no. I, I didn't believe, unfortunately, I didn't believe that he did because I just knew it was bad. I mean, the NFL was trying to cover their butts and they used him as a scapegoat. I think, yeah. And his age and he didn't have the best season leading up into all of the off season more specifically stuff. since the super bowl that right. they played when the, when it was to turn out the lights gay right they played against uh the 49ers yeah. and the hardball was the, the hardball ball yes. hardball bowl um, yeah but i think that uh i think in addition to that i think the nfl dropped the ball because tmz was putting everybody on front street that was the whole we talked about the hardball bowl that was the elevator uh, sweepstakes as yeah. well. You had three instances: Johnny Menzel on the elevator, <laughs> Beyonce, Beyonce, and, 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 and then and what you want me to do? I'm sorry. Then you had, then you had, then you then you had, then you had Ray Rice. And yeah. I, but the Ray Rice thing, it was you know, it looked bad. At least with Menzel, in a separate incident, you hear about the best of violence. You didn't see it. With with, with women watch football too. We sure do. I mean, as a woman here talking sports, I can't speak about that enough. I think for me it was um, – I was definitely conflicted during that period mm -hmm. because I felt like the NFL wasn't doing enough at all to speak to the women fan base. And I, and I strongly believe that the future of the NFL lies within the female fan base. I would wholeheartedly agree with you on that. I think even, I mean, obviously, 
Brown and Scoop is the show that um, I host, but in addition to that, I also do a separate initiative uh, called Scoopy Radio. And one of the things that we focus on, me and my producer Manny, we focus on highlighting women because women are consumers. And my thing is, women do make the world go around because yeah. they control what the men like and don't like. And I think we, that we control the purse, meaning the wallet. I mean, it's in your wallet. Yeah. Sure. Sure. So I think you know, women do watch sports. Women are consumers just as much as men are. And I believe that the women and I think people of color, they, they control the spending power. Yep. But I think when it comes to being loyal and people being, you know, consistent in buying, I think people that are not, uh, you know, more of a fan base, you have others who, who pay. But women definitely are, are, are big yeah, consumers. Yeah, I mean, and if you think about also women as mothers, we decide, I mean, I'm not a mother, so I'm just generalizing and speaking from a woman's sure. perspective. Um, but we decide what jerseys our, you know, our kids will wear. Mm -hmm. We're the ones buying jerseys for our husbands for holidays. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I, you know, I think that the NFL has to be more conscientious of how they uh, speak to us as an audience because we don't want to feel pandered to. We don't want to feel marginalized. We don't want to feel disenfranchised. We want to feel valued. Yeah. And so when they, you know, had this, the response to the Ray Rice thing and just domestic violence in general and Greg Hardy. And I mean, and to be fair, it's not just with the NFL because I think that the MLB, you know, with um, Chapman on the Yankees and then Jose Reyes and ML and the Mets, like it, it's something that these leagues need to figure out how to get a hold in of. In the NBA too. Um, we actually, you know, the school tonight, we're uh, talking with Matt Barnes. Oh, okay. Um, I think the NBA was, 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 um, they were swift in how they handled uh, the Matt Barnes, Derek Fisher mm -hmm. fiasco. Um, I just think uh, domestic violence is something I think because they're people of influence, they have money. Um, we sweep under the rug. Yeah, for sure. And I think that and it's and it's long been something that is like, oh, that's between them. You know, that's something that's behind closed doors between that man and that woman and that couple and that doesn't have anything to do with us and so we've been as a public guilty of also just kind of like turning a blind eye to it but with the Ray Rice incident when that videotape came out that's something that you cannot unsee mm -hmm. you know um so yeah we kind of went <laughs> we need to off track here. <laughs> yes. Let's let's move on. Let's move on. All right. So my top three for the week are um, I want to start out with Von Miller and Mo Wilkerson. Show me the money. There we go. So both guys, both both defensive players were signed to a franchise tag. Both were like, nah. We're not having this. You need to pay us. I am a Jets fan, so I honestly didn't know. Tell with the green. There we always repping the and green. And you got the Jamba Juice right there. That's <laughs> I was looking. I'm weird. I was like green and green. Um, I personally didn't know if we would be able to get a deal done with Mo this season. I was hoping that we would be able to because he's more than deserving of it. And it just also and like before you walked in, I was just saying my giving my reasons for why I do not enjoy the franchise tag as a fan and just thinking about players getting paid. Um, so I'm happy that the Jets were able to get that done. And the way that they structured the deal, it seems like it's opening up between seven and $8 million in cap space. So hopefully we can now go out and sign Fitzpatrick because Lord knows we need him. Cause I'm just not comfortable going into the Jets season with Gino. with Gino. Absolutely not. Yeah, I think uh, if you had my co-host Jake Brown in here from Brown and Scoop, he he, you and him would go back and forth. He likes Geno, but he likes Fitzpatrick because he's a game manager, um, yeah. almost like uh, the quarterback with the Chiefs, um, Alex Smith. Smith. Yeah, Alex Smith, I think, obviously was was the odd man out when Kaepernick took over as mm -hmm. the quarterback for the Forty ers But the thing that Alex Smith has is playing in a West Coast offense under Andy Reid, uh, where. He basically has to manage the game. He doesn't have to throw flashy passes, and he has a good running game. That, that benefits him, too. And that's the thing with Gino is that Gino is just not that cerebral. He, he doesn't have the athleticism to make up for his non-cerebral. You don't think so? No. 
He doesn't. No, he makes poor decisions. It's like he does. He ha- can he throw the long ball? Yeah, but who's he gonna throw it to? In what situations is he gonna choose to throw it? When it comes to him deciding when to run or when to just throw it away or whatever, he always chooses the wrong time. See, I think he has the athleticism. I think the um, in-game management is right. lacking um, as far as the cere- cerebral, excuse me. But I think that there's a couple of things that, that I'm not pro or anti uh, Gino. I'm more of along the lines of who will fit. I think in that Rex Ryan offense, he benefited somewhat early on. But I think when, when he also benefited because Mark Sanchez got hurt. Right, and I don't even think he benefited really. I mean, he benefited in the chance of getting an opportunity, sure. but he didn't necessarily take advantage of it cuz even like cuz even though last season he would have been the starting quarterback if he didn't get punched in the jaw. I don't think that But that was bad that was bad business too. How that all went down. You, you, yeah, so. but I don't think that he would have finished the season as starting quarterback. I think he would have probably lost his job. Hey Facebook live. <laughs> I think that um I think um that at the end of the day um I think Fitzpatrick benefited from being right place right time and I think a new coach I think his coaching philosophies are a lot different than Rex's and, and in I, the right offense and the right and offense and he also benefited you can't you can't deny this he also benefited from having Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker and that's something that being fair <sighs> to Gino didn't have Brandon Marshall the first couple weeks of the season remember that game against Cleveland which it Tell was early. More. I think it was like the open. I think it was like within the first two weeks. I think Johnny Menzel was the starting quarterback. So that was like within. The, I think that might have been yeah. week one. Okay. Yo, my fantasy team looked like <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> I think he had like he had like three or four touchdowns in that game. Yeah, Brandon by himself. Marshall, Brandon Marshall is a beast, and I'm so happy that he's a Jet. He actually, um, I just saw an art, uh, um, alert come through that said that he hasn't spoken to Ryan Fitzpatrick in about a month, and he's starting to get nervous. You know, us Brandons, we got it like that. I'm <sighs> kidding, right. I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> but we, so, we, Go ahead, I'm sorry. So what did you think about Von Miller's deal? Um, I liked it, only because I think that uh, every era, I think this summer you've seen just money, 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 money. I mean, while we're broke and slaving, they get money. Right. But at the same time, um, the in, in the in the world where NBA guys and, and Major League Baseball guys get so much money, and then on, the, on the NFL side, so many offensive guys get so much money, it's good to see the, the, the defensive guys get paid. Get paid. Get paid. Blow up. I mean, Sue... Um Miller now. They're the top two highest paid. And I was happy for Muhammad Wilkinson, a local guy. Me too. Me too. Uh, because he, he saved my fantasy team too defensively. <laughs> but I think bigger than that, I think quietly he's just been playing his tail off. Even yeah. back when Rex Ryan was coaching. Like, I and ran- that's, I mean, but that's why, yeah, he's been a consistent, loyal, and that's why you have to pay these guys. Where's DJ Khaled when you're you loyal? <laughs> you smart. <laughs> Another one. I appreciate you. Right. Buy yourself something. Wait, okay, so I'm getting some comments. So Silas is one of my loyal listeners, and he says, free Matt Barnes. Um, Facts. Geno Smith's career matters. What you need to know about Silas is that he's a Bills fan, so anything that he says needs to be taken with a grain of salt and a ton of hate because that's where he's coming from. Are you hearing this, my brother? He, he hears it. He knows it. He knows. He said, Teflon Don, Teflon. <laughs> <laughs> Handel saying Gino was the worst. He's a Jets fan. Um, yeah, Jets fans are not like the thing is. <sighs> Ryan Fitzpatrick hurt his case because he lost that game. What he was lost it? He the wanted... final game of the season against Buffalo Bills, and that kept us out of the playoffs. You might hate me for this, but I think it's the writer in me. I wanted. I want. You might kick me off your show. I'm looking at your writer. <laughs> I like Rex, and I felt is I'm I'm all for the underdog, and I'm all for vindication, and I wanted the Bills to win, because I wanted him to get the last laugh in the sense of she's like mm, I'm wondering if I'm kicking him off or not. I'm not I, gonna kick you off. I'm just waiting for you to finish. So I just I, can I just say I, what I need to I say. I just think they didn't make the playoffs. But the Jets. Th- nor the Bills. The yeah, Bills. nor the Bills. But I I think in a game that didn't matter, I was happy for Rex. In the case of Fitzpatrick. I think that man was hot. 
I think he was hot all year. Yeah, he he cost him that one game. But when you look at the That's overall the game, picture, though. That's the game that you need to show up in. Okay, so in the the last game of the of the season, would you have trusted Gino or would you have trusted Fitzpatrick to lead your team? I would have trusted Fitzpatrick to lead the team, but you can't go throwing it away like that. He had so, how many interceptions in that game? Like at least two. It was a two or three. In like they yeah, were. Yeah, we're. It seemed like we're both wrong, and they're costly. I th- I, she's Googling. But I, I think that for me, if I was a general manager um, of the Jets um, and I wanted to put an investment in good and faith. Then we all, sorry, and then we also couldn't stop um, their receiver. Who is it, Sammy Watkins? Yeah, but they did win some games they weren't supposed to win. That Giants game, they, they – Who, the Jets? Yeah, they won oh, that yeah, game. yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we that's the Jets – way though the Jets always win uh, games that we shouldn't okay be we'll compromise two I said three. two or three she said two you said four it's all good either way Fitzpatrick turned the ball over at times he shouldn't there were times you shouldn't <laughs> Silas says he likes you just because you bigged up the bills and Rex Ryan facts.com my G facts.com no but I think I think what I was saying was being a general manager of a team me personally I, I would I would put invest in Fitzpatrick in the instance of good faith, that if we're going to give you this money, you have to perform. And I would have made that contract more incentive laden. If but I'm not mistaken, yeah, absolutely. I, I would have made it more incentive. I would have guaranteed some, but made it very incentive laden to make him want but to earn that money. Want, well, first of all, how old is he now? Like 35, He's maybe even older? Kurt Warner was almost 40 when he won a Super Bowl. I agree, but <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick has, you know, he. he <laughs> Itches the bed when it matters most. Nah, and I, then after the Bills paid him, what happened after the Bills paid him? He didn't live up to that contract. Yeah. So he has a reputation of getting paid and not living up to the contract. So if you, and that's what the risk is. So if you are the owner or the general manager of the Jets, what do you offer him? I think he should have gotten about eight. Okay. He, I mean, if he wants 13, 15, like he's bugging. He doesn't deserve that kind of money. Can I just have two? Can we? Can we? Can, can, can I mean, I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying, but yeah, if I was a Jets, I would have offered him about eight. Sure. sure. So, um, so what did you think about Von Miller's deal? Pay that man. Yeah, I pay agree that with man. That. I think. Um, I just think right now, how the in the NBA, um, the point guards position, the point guard pr- position is at a premium. Yep. I think. In the NFL, you're seeing D tackles, D ends, uh, and corners getting paid. You, you, they're at a premium, and I think that's just the way the the the, the industry goes as far as certain you know key positions. I think even with a guy like Kevin Durant, obviously you you were talking about that in the last segment. I walked right. in uh, going or committing to uh, or signing with the Golden State Warriors. I think that swingman swingman position is at a premium. So I think certain oh, premium sure. positions. Um, is what you need. You you need a defender to stop the likes of Cam Newton, who was this almost in a lot of respects the standard. Aaron Rodgers, the standard. So. I mean, and here we are. Like these these are two prime examples. Whereas, um, we were just talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick and him not stepping up in the game that mattered most in last season, and the Broncos and the Panthers in the Super Bowl. Offensively, the Broncos had nothing going for them because Peyton Manning doesn't have anything anymore the tim duncan of the nfl and it was no timmy d disrespect here none i will never i I was making a that was that was like low-key disrespect because like you just you can't no tim duncan shade ever no, I wasn't shading. What, what I was saying was, I think there are certain times where guys are so great they need their own. They don't. They didn't need a retirement tour. Oh, that's what that I was. Sense. That's, that's oh, what I was saying. Okay. I wouldn't play I thought Tim. You meant okay, nah. okay. I, okay. I, have, I have the greatest amount of respect for Tim okay. Duncan. Nineteen-year veteran, five championships, yeah. one championships in three different eras. I respect that man. Nineteen straight playoff appearances. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, no, I, All right. I, I, so we're on I, the same page. I, with I that. can clear my name. Yeah, now. you're good now. I can clear my name. Thank Hallelujah. So, cause no, I thought you were saying like he, you know, he didn't. Con- I mean, he didn't contribute, but it wasn't like they went out and won a, won the NBA championship, and he basically coasted and let everybody else carry him. I'm gonna tell you something. The same way, like how Peyton Manning went out, cause that's what happened with Peyton Manning. I feel like Bernie Mac. I'm gonna tell you something. 
I'm gonna tell you something. No, I I, I wrote I pinned a, a piece um, for CBSSportsRadio.com um, a while ago, mm-hmm. and actually CBS Local Sports, and I wrote about Greg Popovich. I interviewed him, and we just talked about legacy. You interviewed Pop? Yeah. Were you nervous? No, I made him laugh too. Okay. And I talked. He, to, I tell you, he's the hardest working man in sports right now. He's like. In these streets, I'm trying to earn my keep, but I I, I, ch- I chatted with various players who played with Pop, um, Speedy Claxton, uh, Samaki Walker, um, David Robinson's son. I talked to um, the Super Spurs fan, Spurs Jesus, they call him. He's actually okay. his stickers on my on my. On oh, my nice! Computer. But just talked about Pop, and the one thing that I I, I talked about with him was just Duncan and. Um, riding off in the sunset because I feel like a lot of people were enamored with that this mm-hmm. year particularly with you know Kobe Bryant yeah, walking out on his retirement tour yeah. but then Duncan quietly doing it and then you know you had guys like Peyton Manning who you kind of knew and so yeah. I feel like Peyton there is a, a parallel uh, between Peyton and, and Tim Duncan leaving that way however Peyton's situation was different because oh, sure. you know the sexual assault allegations came back up and then there was the doping allegations mm-hmm. that surfaced towards the end of the season so it was like he needed to quietly disappear I, I sure but what i was saying was basically at just face value just as those guys that are people uh just have that they're great they're great they're great type of thing i think and and they didn't need a ton of fanfare as say like in the NBA where where LeBron or, or Iverson needed that fanfare because mm-hmm. they came with that pizzazz or that swag. Yeah. Um, but I, I have the utmost respect for, for Tim Duncan and, and all he's done. I think, you know, top power forward in the game and in our in our in our industry when you Tim Duncan, when I started my career in journalism at twelve years old, that was his rookie year in the NBA. That's crazy. And the first person that I interviewed was uh Keith Van Horn. Uh, as, as, a, as a as a as a reporter. So, you know, that's my era as a childhood and also starting in the business. So kudos to him let's talk about that a little bit i'm gonna i'm gonna veer away from the top three for a quick second because i think you definitely have a unique story so share with the listeners how you got started at 12 um i had a radio show with the nets called uh net slamming planet uh this was back when they were new jersey um i auditioned uh for for a show at chelsea pier hundreds of kids auditioned and it was originally for doing remember the crash dummies Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was it was to be a personality on a now defunct station called 1660 AM Oswald Radio, and it was at Liberty Science Center in Jersey City. So what happened was I auditioned to be one of the eight members they were looking for to be, you know, childhood personalities. And so I got it. I, I, I killed the first audition, came back for a second audition at Dangerfields. Did you know you killed it at the time, or were you? I, I did. He's nodding. For those of you listening and not watching, he just nodded. I did. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> Facebook Live season nine. But nah, in all seriousness, you know, I had a mom that just put me in the right position. And, and, and my praying mom, I talked a lot as a kid. And she was like, I wish he would shut the hell up. What can I get him to, <laughs> to do? Like, so, I mean, it was it was a great opportunity. And then from there, you know, the Nets called uh, Oswald Radio. and was like, hey, we're looking for a kid that um, is who knows basketball, who who's, has a personality, who's fearless. And it's me, just to give you a little background. I played when I was younger. Okay. Um, my uncle my uncle exposed me to basketball early on. He was a commissioner of parks uh, and, and citywide basketball league in Harlem. So between Harlem, that, stand bet- up. Between that and, you know, my family owning a sneaker store in Harlem, I was always around basketball, sports, athletes, et cetera. Okay. And so by the time the Nets came calling, you know, that that was an opportunity. When you know something's for you and it's divinely orchestrated, you mm-hmm. go after it. And I, and I haven't looked back since. Preach, brother, preach. Yes, ma'am. So that that's my story, Please. but... I mean, sorry, sorry. Yeah, you, 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 you commented on my on Instagram earlier. She's like, I can't wait for Brandon to come in. I was like, thank you, ma'am. I'm excited. She said, do not call me. Yeah, I mean, what is this? I was like, all right. Yeah, (laughs) I'm I'm too young to be anybody's ma'am. Thank you, lady. Thank you, Shayna. Thank you. There you go. There you go. Um, all right, and then you just knew that this was the path that you wanted to take. Yeah, but it wasn't easy. I think for me, um. My mom used to say to me growing up, there's more to life than basketball. And as a kid, I used to watch 60 Minutes with my mom. Mm-hmm. I used to read the newspaper on Sundays. Um, and journalism, I think, the interview. The interview was so important. And I feel like if you know how to just be a reporter's reporter and mm-hmm. interview anybody, you can do anything. And if you yeah. can write, you can do anything. Um, so to that point, when I finished, you know, I did my show for two years with the Nets. Mm-hmm. I was in high school at that point. So I got to be a normal kid again. Okay. Um, and then from there, college, high school, I mean, college, grad school, and then, you know, freelancing here, freelancing there, had an opportunity. Freelancing here, freelancing there, freelancing everywhere. Hey, yes. But then, you know, I came into a position where, you know, the Source magazine was looking for um, a staff writer. And okay. that kind of jump-started everything. Yeah, I mean, and, and uh, even two years ago, I was at the press conference with Adam Silver when he banned uh, Donald Sterling, and people thought I was 
Keenan Thompson. <laughs> so that people on Twitter were talking about that. Shout out to my homie Reagan Gomez Preston <laughs> because she was one of the main ones talking about it, and it was pretty funny. That is hilarious. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have thought that, but I. I. I could see it. He wishes he looked like me. He wishes he looks like. But no, nah, it, it was an opportunity, and you know sometimes you got to run with it. And uh, Brown and Scoop came along, and you know it's 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 open doors and open people's eyes because I yeah. think sometimes you can pigeon yourself, pigeonhole yourself into okay, he's just basketball, he's just black media, he's just yeah. this, he's that. And when you're able to show people, unfortunately, it's almost like the black quarterback experience mm-hmm. when you can show people that hey, They're I can pass, versatile. I can run, yeah, you can do it all. I can, I, I, I can do everything. I use Bernie Mac. Hey, America, you ready for me? You ready? So I think it's one of those things where when you when you know that you're living in your purpose and you know that you have a goal and you know that you have the right team around you, possibilities are endless. I agree with that. Let's talk about someone else who has the right team around them. Talk to me. Tom Brady. So it seems <laughs> like Deflate Gate is finally over as far as we're concerned. He's just kind of said, you know what? I'll eat this four-game suspension. I'm not going to pursue this any further. I'm not going to take it to the Supreme Court, which I think is the right thing to do given everything going on in the country right now, in the world. Like, you and these four games and these deflated footballs, it's so insignificant when you look at the grand scheme of things um, and what our courts should be focused on and our government and all that kind of stuff. But um, the thing that... There are a few things from this story that I want to discuss. One, him reworking his contract. Brady? Yeah. So mm-hmm. he reworked his contract. So he's only going to lose about $200,000 um, as opposed to the $2 million that he would have lost as a result of being suspended these games. And I think that is an absolute brilliant move on his part. Um, and then the other thing is that their schedule, Cardinals, Dolphins, Texans, Bills. I think they'll go four and zero at worst, three and one without him. I think um, first and foremost, when you talk about the Supreme Court, I'm kind of glad he saved face because if I was in that Supreme Court, you know what I would have said to him: Why are you always lying? Oh, but I think <laughs> I think Tom Brady is in a situation where he basically. Uh, He's thinking of legacy in a a lot of respects, like Dwayne Wade is making that move to Chicago Mm -hmm. and being from Chicago. So he has the juice. The fact that he was able to restructure his contract, the fact that he has uh, the Kraft family in his back pocket. Um, Let's hope the ketchup doesn't splatter with him having it in his back pocket. But in all seriousness, I feel that um, people tend to forget things when you're just quiet and you shut up. And I think that. We've carried this and we've dragged it on for so long. If you think of the last 18 months, they've won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. He pulled a J- Jigga Kelly not guilty and got mm-hmm. his got his 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 uh, appeal revoked, and then he ends up still having to serve that four game suspension. He's blessed. Yeah. And so I think that when you're quiet and you sit down, people tend to forget. And when you show a little um, humility, um, people f- f- uh, tend to to be forgiving because you've come across as very arrogant in your approach that you know. Goodell can't touch you. And the thing, too, is like, I don't know which empire is worse. The empire of the um, Patriots and, you know, how a lot of people dislike the Patriots. and They win all the time. Exactly. Or Roger Goodell and the NFL. You know, it's like you can't from my perspective there is really isn't a favorite to pick between these two it's not like oh well i'm rooting for tom brady to defeat roger goodell or i'm rooting for roger goodell to take down tom brady you guys are both equally evil in my opinion and so i don't really see where there is a win-win for any of the fans especially where as me being a jets fan and the pats being in the afc east it's not like we play the jets and i don't think that you know we benefit from him not sitting out and because i like i said the schedule is so easy for the patriots and the system in place it's not as if this announcement came week one of the season and then no, it's like for 18 okay, months exactly so now what's their backup garafalo something like something that. like that right he has Gracias. the ability of, he has the, he has the ability to now get all the reps with the first team and be ready. Garofalo was his name. Garofalo. 
Okay, Garoppolo. That's Garop- how much. <laughs> I mean, I knew it wasn't like Janine. Janine, what was her name? The comedian Janine Garoppolo. I knew that wasn't it. You've officially lost me. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I, I, you know what? When you talk about uh, Patriots uh, backup quarterback, one of the things that I I look at is when uh, Brady was hurt some years ago. Uh, I think this was like 2008, 2009. Um, and he sat out from some time, and I can't think of the guy's name that was his backup and is bothering me, but he ended up being the starting quarterback. Stat lady, he ended up being, you know, like clean up on aisle five. But, no, I, I remember that after that season, he ended up signing a contract with the Kansas City uh, Chiefs. Oh, I know and he ended up. About, um, I can't think of his name as we're, as we're stalling looking it up. Right, Facebook? You see it stalling? I'm, I'm Googling. But I, I I think that people act like because Brady's not playing, it's the end of the world. Okay, they go three and one. They're still going to have to compete with the Jets. They're still going to have to compete with the Dolphins, the Steelers. Um, they're still going to have to, you know, I, I think sometimes we get. Um, yeah, but only I think the only only those first four games of the season really count. Because otherwise, Brady, not to say that they're going to go undefeated once Brady gets in. But, you know. You put Brady up against anybody, and you like your chances if you're a Pats fan. Matt Castle. Yeah, Matt Castle. Thank you. I was about to say White Castle. <laughs> but yes, uh, <laughs> Matt Castle. But I just think that um, people act like if Brady's going to sit down, that's the end of the world. Just like, I, I mean, I think Brady is a significant portion of this team. But listen, Gronkowski knows how to catch a football. He does. Um, and I just think if you're a great team, you know how to suit up. And when it, when because of the competition in that division, it's not like there is, you know, it's not like it's that great. You know, it's not like they really have anything to worry about. Mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, um, Tom Brady just has to, to pay his dues and shut up. You know, and I think sometimes Tom Brady gives the, gives off a vibe that he can't be touched. It's almost like it uh, reminds me of remember that episode of Fresh Prince when uh, Will was playing for Bel Air Prep and they played against Malibu, mm-hmm. Malibu Prep, and you had you, you had uh, the guy that played on uh, Cosby Show. I can't think of his name, but he was the star in Malibu Prep, and he and he thought that um, the kid jogged to to school every day from his where he was from in his hood. And mm-hmm. so, long story short, I think sometimes. People have this Malibu perception, like Will had of that guy um, on the Fresh Prince. They have this Malibu perception of Tom Brady that he can't be touched. But you showed that he was human. And I think that you're going to have to sit doing, down. You're going to have to pay restitution. Almost like a Draymond Green situation in the finals where people just thought that Draymond, wherever, wherever line you were on and, and, and whether you thought he should be suspended, the Warriors showed that they could, they're not invincible. And neither is Tom Brady. Yeah, no, I agree. And I'm happy that they showed that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just he knew something was going on with those footballs, and he needed to be disciplined for it. Um, callers, where you at? Holla at us nine two nine two two seven four six four six. Don't forget question of the day: Should the NBA implement an NFL like franchise tag to help um, kill the formation of super teams? Do you have any thoughts on that, Scoop? Um. Well, let me first say that I think that it's so interesting that people are up in arms with Kevin Durant um, and the way that he chose to uh, handle his free agency. Uh, but people get amnesia as it relates to LeBron James. But even though people were hard on LeBron James, you got to credit a guy in baseball and Kurt Flood who made it possible for, for guys to, uh, f- to, to tackle their free agency on their terms. I think in our generation, we are very big on brands our future, our legacy earlier on. And we learn from guys like Patrick Ewing, Charles Barkley, John Stockton, Jeff Hornacek, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Uh, to that point, um, I think that the NBA has done enough with the salary cap um, in the past. I think that the NBA has done a lot with um, um, kind of not meddling. I think when Chris Paul was originally traded to the Lakers and, and but it was that. because there was it was it was it was dual ownership because I think the Hornets at the time were mm-hmm. owned by the NBA but I think you get mad at a player for leaving when Durant or LeBron both took less money to win a championship I think that to to kind of control a situation um is inorganic. I think in the NFL where there's not guaranteed contracts it's different, different. I agree. And so I think with the NBA I think we complain left and right. 
I have more of a problem with the fact that they're actually playing with the idea of putting advertisements on jerseys. This is not overseas, and this is not the WNBA who has they're a different structure. They're not hurting structure. for cash no. is what you're saying. No, if you hurt it for cash, I mean, if you want to give money away, give it to us. We're the good guys here. But I, I think, you know, I, to, to, to tinker with the system, I, I'm, I'm against that. Okay, hold on. We have a call. Hello? 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 What's who's going call- on? Who's calling? State your this name and where you're Hans. calling from. This is DJ Hands from Long Island. Hey, DJ Hands. What's up? <laughs> what's up, Shana? I'm good. Thanks for calling again. Two weeks in a row. Yeah, of course. You know I support. Man. I'm going to listen every time I can. Thank you. Know you thank you. What up, DJ? <laughs> what's going on, homie? Ain't nothing but the rent. <laughs> so what's your question? What are you <laughs> going to weigh in on today? Well, I actually had two because I heard this was shoot your shot day. Ah! Okay. Uh oh. <laughs> All right. And um, and I, and I wanted to touch on the Durant situation. Okay. Um, all right. Well, I, I, I'm gonna shoot my shot first. I want to know, can you still ball? <laughs> you should have seen her face. She was nervous. I, I was nervous. I'm like, where is he going with this? Because we go way, way back. Back into time. Hansel, I can never really ball. God bless your soul and for having me out here looking like I was a a junior high school legend in these streets. But, no, I could never ball. I... I've five for those of you listening who don't know me in real life. I'm five feet and I've been the same height since about sixth grade. You got tall swag though. So thank you. Thank you. So I was on the B team. I played point guard and that's the extent of my basketball career. I think I played in seventh and eighth grade. She was like Nash out there. (laughs) Throwing no looks and everything, yo. She was nice. I'm trying to tell you. No, I wasn't. She get the MVP then? Two times in a row? I wasn't nice. I wasn't nice. I remember I did have, like, a block, which is crazy. Who were you playing against? I mean, we went to uh, Lutheran private school and played against, like, other, like, Catholic schools. It wasn't, like. Yeah, it it wasn't no competition. Yeah, it wasn't any other competition. So what do you want to say about Durant? Yo, the, I, now the reason I'm I'm, I'm kind of like upset with Durant because I was a fan, like, and what what made me upset was not like who he went to or whatever, it's the way he did it, and the fact that when LeBron made his move, he had stuff to say about it. He was he put on um I believe it was Twitter he put out, oh so competition is gone in the league now or something like that as soon as LeBron made his move. Yeah, but that was like four years ago. Can a person evolve in their point of view? Nah. If that's (laughs) the way you feel, then how do you make that move three years later, four years later? Because you evolve in your point of view because you've been playing within the same system for the past eight seasons. And... So you... So you go to the team that was one game away from winning the championship? I hear you. And I, I listen, I'm not I'm not opposed to what Durant did. I feel like it's a job for him, it's a career move for him, and if a career goal of his is to get a chip, and I've said this I said this last week and I've I'll say it again. If a career goal of his is to get a chip, then he's going to put himself in the pe- in the best position to do so. And the Warriors afforded him the best opportunity to do that. Now, I personally feel that his decision that his relationship and his his playing relationship and his on the court relationship with Westbrook factored greatly into his decision to go and leave and play for the Warriors. I think that after playing with Westbrook for 8 seasons, um, getting so close this year, up three games to one, and just kind of like the bottom falling out, he realized like, yo, it's just not going to get done. Can, can I say well, something? Well, the bottom fell out because of him. Yeah, he had turnovers, and but I feel like it. He was he just needed a change. I think ahead, OKC. School. If you look at their their season overall this this year, um, they they had some holes. Yeah. Um, big time. I think um, even when 
you know, coming from the Nets organization myself, watching them as they tried to stopgap and replace James Harden, it reminded me a lot of when the Nets were trying to replace getting rid of Kenyon Martin with Vince Carter. And wow. that, you know, you, you, you got, you got um, Randy Foy, you got um, – Deion Waiters, you, you you had a Stephen Adams who who emerged in the playoffs and 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 in an instance made uh, uh, Ibaka expendable uh, de- defensively. Right. I, I think that um, the, the war, excuse me, the the uh, OKC, the OKC Thunder. Thunder caught Golden State at the right time. Remember, even when they played, there was one game I think they blew them out. Um, yeah. It was a couple games, if I'm yeah. not mistaken, they blew them out. But I think they got used to them. When you get to the playoffs, at that point, you know other people's play sets. Yeah, and def- you you adjust. So I think OKC, they're like a team that you just don't want to see in the playoffs because they're like that eighth seed Philadelphia 76ers team in 2001. They weren't an eighth seed, but just right. that mindset where they're dangerous, but they get to play the Lakers and they and they lose it because the Lakers are just a better team. team right. And I think that with Durant, I think it is a situation where for a year and a half he was basically off and on shelf with foot injuries. Mm-hmm. They had to recover from uh, Harden being gone. I mean, they made it to the, to the playoffs – Three, three, four years ago, and it made it to the finals three, yeah. four years ago against a, a better Miami yeah, Heat team. Um, well, I'm, all I'm saying is it seems like with Durant, he doesn't like to be held accountable or doesn't want to be held accountable for, like, these losses and stuff like that. So it seems like um, he always wants to hide behind somebody. I don't, th- I don't losses, agree with in that. In my opinion. I don't agree with that. I think that, one, him and Russell were very much a one-two tandem or punch on that team. Um, and I don't think that he was afraid of being held accountable because there were plenty of opportunities when people wanted to wanted him to throw Westbrook under the bus, and he, and he wouldn't do that, you know. And I, so I think from no, that, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about on the court. Like he doesn't get better by like, themselves. You know what I'm saying like I, I, I don't know. At some point, you need to be a leader. I think, you know? and at some point, you need to to like own it like this is my team i don't care what anybody else is doing this is my team and i don't think he wants to do that i respect your that's point why of view. i think he made that move i respect your point of view but i also think that there's sometimes there's a difference between fan speak and what actually goes on in the locker room yeah. and the player i think sometimes people no, that's true. i think sometimes people hold players to an unrealistic expectations and then if they were put in that same situation I think it's different because we don't know what everything is said in the locker room you don't know everything that's said in the huddle but I I will take what you said and raise you this I think that the two of them are better by themselves than they are together at this point sometimes when you date and you're in a relationship sometimes you and that person can still be compatible but it's just time to move on and I think sometimes you're not to to use a relationship I know this is a woman's show sometimes the woman or the man you're with is preparing you for the relationship you're supposed to be in yeah. and i think okc did that for him i think for them to put peace peacemaker and, and put a, a tape on the fact that they didn't have scott brooks they had to replace him with a new coach that was inexperienced in the nba the fact that they made it to the conference finals with a dollar and a dream um i think this is as far as they can go on. and they replaced sergi baka they traded him and, and got the guy from orlando to yeah, me that says they folded and but people thought that oh, was an upgrade for the team and a piece that would help. That's what I'm saying. That keep was, that Durant was there, like and a, I was a, like, a better move. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So hold on. So Silas commented mm-hmm. online, and he said, "I love that idea because one player can change the outcome of a game, season, direction for a franchise. If Anthony Davis leaves, no, that franchise is finished for a long time." Then he goes on to say, um, "Shooting guard was a huge hole and wing talent off the bench in regard to OKC." In the, in the regards of OKC, I honestly think they really need a point guard, and Russell Westbrook should be moved to the two. He's yeah. a two. And I yep. think that would solve most of their problems. Definitely. Problem. I think most people would agree with that. Yeah. I, yeah. So, um, that's, that's, yeah. so my, last, my last point for my top three is Knicks-related. I've been seeing a lot of headlines over the past, like, weekend about the Knicks playing together. Um, Derek Rose and KP playing together and Brandon Jennings and this and that and blah, blah, blah. As Knicks fans, should we even care about this? Nope. <laughs> I just want to see him play on the court. I think the Knicks are a 35-41 to 41 win team this season. That's it? Exactly. That's what you're giving us? 
I think sometimes maybe we, a little more. I think New York gets excited whenever we bring new pieces. Like to me, the way the Knicks fans are excited about all of these guys coming in reminds me of Steve Francis being traded from Orlando to the yeah, Knicks. Yeah, I mean uh, the I list just, goes on and on. Steve Francis, Stephon Marbury. Amari Stoudemire. I mean, it goes on and on. At least Amari did something until Carmelo got here. I think the the, 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 Amari. Oh, we don't even want to go there. All right, Hansel. Thanks for calling. (laughs) (laughs) I love you anyway. (laughs) Yeah, we gotta we gotta say goodbye because I don't need to hear this right now. Thanks for calling. Nah, for real. Thanks, Hansel. We finish on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Later. All right. Thanks. So the number is 929-227-4646. If anyone else wants to jump on the line and, and holler at me and Scoop B, we're here. Um, yeah, so I mean, I like the idea that they are formulating some type of chemistry and, you know, because that's very important. But at the same time, it's like, miss me with all of this. Like, I've I've been here before. I've seen this story before. I know how this ends, and I, I, I just wanted to have a different ending this time. I think the Knicks, um, the Knicks, to me, were had the opportunity to do what the OKC Thunder did. Um, they built young. When you look at that team before the Carmelo Anthony trade, you had Danilo Gallinari, you had Wilson Chandler, you had Nate Robinson, uh, you had D'Antoni, a coach that I think that was the wrong uh, coach, coach for that for team. That team yeah. But I think you, you had some of the people. I think we, he's the wrong coach for most teams. Unless they're the Phoenix Suns. Exactly. From a decade ago. But With Steve Nash at point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I think, you know, I had a. I had Danilo on our show uh, some months ago, mm-hmm. and I asked him, "Did you do you ever like reflect on that Knicks team? What they could have been had that trade not happened?" He said, "You know, me and Amari talk all the time, and we we, we yeah. discuss like what would have happened if." Well, they gotta let that go. I mean, I think it's <laughs> I think it's a casual conversation. They gotta let but, it go, but, but no, yeah. because I I read somewhere that Amari brought it up recently, and okay. I know how these things go. People ask them these questions, so it's not like they walk in and people stick a mic in their face and then they start like venting and reminiscing about what have could what could have been. So to be fair in that sense, but like, man, let it go. And I also read that Amari's like he would like to come back to New York. Bruh. I think the ship has no, sailed at this point. Yeah, he should consider following in the footsteps of Duncan and uh, I don't Kobe. think you can compare Duncan and Kobe to Amari, but I'm just I but more like in, I think That's his what I'm saying. his legacy Hang is a up. less banged up Antonio McDice. Yeah. And I'm not trying to play him when I say that, but I feel no, like No, I, I mean, and even when Mc, I mean, I remember when the Knicks got Antonio McDice and it was like his knees, you know, like this is a risky acquisition because of his injury history. A, a guy that was a high flyer. Yeah. And then had to result to, I think, and I think he ended up playing for a championship team. He played for the Spurs briefly. He became a, 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 a post guy that was basically like almost like a, a Brandon Bass, if you will. Okay. But I think that Amari has been able to uh, expand his career because I think Playing in a system like Dallas allowed him to, to do that as well as uh, yeah. you know uh, the Miami Heat. But I I did like Amari when he first came to the Knicks. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the pick and roll was beautiful to watch. Um, and then yeah, once Melo came, that just kind of send us in a different direction. And when Melo was hurt and and, and Jeremy Lin played, welcome back to New York. Um, Jeremy Lin uh, kind of revived Amari's Amari's role a little bit while Melo was out, but you know at that point it was he Mello's gave him the keys team. to the city. Yep. Yeah, it was Melo's team at that point. Mm-hmm. So I, I think you know as far as the Knicks, I think Brandon Jennings has something to prove this year. A guy yeah. I've I've watched and covered since he was in high school at Oak Hill Academy, um, and I and I like his game. I want like to see him to to, to, re- to I revive. think he'll be. I think he's going to be exciting because. He could be starting on other teams in, the, you know, in the league. Um, that's the kind of talent that he has and the potential. I think he and Scott Skiles were too much alike, and in, in early in his career, they were combative. They just bumped heads. And then I think he ended up. He was his coach again in Orlando, and I mm-hmm. think they had pieced it up, almost kind of like a Devin Harris situation where he played under Avery Johnson mm-hmm. in Dallas, and then when he came to the, to Nets, the Nets, same type of situation. They just bumped heads because he's a point guard, and yeah. Skiles was too. But I think. Hornacek and, 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 and Jennings will be a very interesting uh, dynamic. I, I mean, I don't really – I didn't really follow Hornacek when he was coaching the Suns. Mm-hmm. Um, 
just for obvious reasons, you <laughs> know, geographic, whatever. Mm-hmm. But what I've seen from him so far in the limited exposure that he's had to the media since being named Knicks coaches, I just like his disposition. I like his his demeanor. I think he's I think he's going to be good for this team. I don't feel like like I look at Derek Fisher and obviously he had a lot of other things going on that distracted him. Yeah, so the experience is one thing, but then even aside from like the Matt Barnes thing, he was going through like a really nasty divorce while he was also here trying to coach in his first season it was just a lot you know and so I just think that his attention was too divided and he couldn't focus and then obviously the pressure of it being in New York coaching under Phil Jackson who also had his own um, amount of pressure to contend with so I think it was just a lot for him to manage and he didn't do well at it but with Hornacek he knows he has an identity already and I feel like as a coach, that, as a coach right? Mm-hmm. And so that that confidence that he brings will certainly do him a world of good here in New York. I think you're right. I I, I will add that I actually followed Hornacek. I'm a, I'm a nerd when it comes to basketball, but mm-hmm. I, I followed Hornacek's career back to when he was a Philadelphia 76er, um, and he played for the Jazz as well. The guy that you know would communicate with his family by at, fr- at the free throw line. You remember that by rubbing his face? Yeah. That's where Jason Kidd got the blowing kiss oh, uh, okay. tribute from. But um, an, an efficient free throw shooter. Sam, I yeah. remember talking to Sam Cassell one time. Sam Cassell uh, took Hornacek's uh, stroke approach to shooting from, from, you know, he took it from Jeff Hornacek, okay. a guy that he followed. So um, I've got a chance to know Jeff over the years, and even when he was an, ass- an assistant with the Utah Jazz uh, back in 2012 when I was covering the Nets, I like his demeanor. Mm-hmm. I like um, his, his approach to the game. And I think one thing that I like about him as head coach of the Knicks is the fact that you need a guy that can be firm in that whole triangle thing because I think people just go overboard with it in the sense of when you look at the triangle set, you know, people j- people are following. I, I was horrible at geometry in high school, but I feel like people just go overboard. I believe that he's a guy that can. You know there's three points, right? Oh, that I do okay. know. Um, I know that much. But I think that uh, Hornacek, <laughs> is, Hornacek is more of a, of a flex offense type of guy. Right. And more of a, you know, guy standing on the perimeter and score, but also he's a guy that, you know, you can feed the inside. You, you, he coached the Morris twins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that a guy that whose team, and as a player, played against Phil Jackson's Chicago Bulls when he yep. was a Utah Jazz. He knows what to expect from Phil, yeah. and I think he has the gall to stand up to Dolan. I think we pay so much attention to the triangle. These guys ain't running a triangle. No, they're not. Uh, you're not talking about a championship-caliber team like the Lakers were when Phil coached and when the Bulls were when Phil coached them. You're, you're talking about a rebuilding team that you know, has a 31, 32-year-old Carmelo Anthony, who I have a good relationship with, but let's be, let's be honest. You're looking to rebuild while you still have a star on your team. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Hornacek coming in, it, 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 I hope it's for the long haul. Well, Phil admitted that, you know, he had a conversation with Melo, and Melo was basically like, yo, I am 31, 32. I do have these injuries, and the door, the window of my opportunity is closing. Let's make something happen now. Stevie Wonder could see that. Exactly. And so <laughs> that was the impetus behind – Phil Jackson pulling a 180 and saying, like, okay, we need to construct, like, a win-now team versus just trying this whole rebuilding thing. And, I mean, that was huge because Phil seemed very, very just kind of, like, rigid in his approach and saying, like, I want the triangle and I only want my guys that I have a relationship with as the coach and, you know, this, 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 and this. And he's relaxed his approach and kind of shifted his mindset for the better. Maybe he got some potassium. Maybe. Got some bananas some. and relaxed. <laughs> Maybe. But I think. Um, yeah, so I don't know. As a Knicks fan, I will say that I am cautiously optimistic. My dad says that he's cautiously pessimistic about <laughs> the Knicks how, this season. Sway, how? Yeah, exactly. But I'm cautiously optimistic about the Knicks. I'm excited to see what we're able to do. And just as when I look about look around the league in general and just excuse me all the different you know new faces in new places that have occurred that excites me it's particularly in the east I think that that's going to make things a lot interesting the west is a wild wild west for real yeah it is all right so let's get into because I know 
because I want to get into my power recap. I didn't even tell you guys that I'm doing a power recap. It's back. Last season I did it, um, and this season is back. Last night was the season premiere, so I want to get into the power recap. But before we do, I want to get into Craig Allen's shoot your shot questions. One is, will Tim Duncan keep a fresh shape up now that he's retired? I think that's hilarious, but I think everyone knows the answer to that. If, What's the answer? No, hell no. If 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 Tim Duncan I knew I liked played, you, girl. <laughs> if Tim Duncan played four nights a week and didn't care about getting the shape up when he was playing in front of millions of people, why is he all of a sudden gonna care about keeping a fresh cut when nobody's going to see him? So I take that question and raise you this. Now that Kevin Durant is a member of the Golden State Warriors, will he keep a fresh line now he's in the bay? I mean, not if he's hanging around Steph Curry, because Steph don't keep a fresh line. I gotta either. go. <laughs> <laughs> he, he he's executing his light skin privilege. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> but no, I think. But I think, in all seriousness, I think Duncan is so crazy to see him get a line like like my man had like the fresh Mr. T Mohawk kit all the way around. He's just missing yeah, the gangster go. I was like, yo, when Tim start getting fresh? But that also makes me think of Kawhi Leonard, who... Yeah, there his, you go. His braids, man. I need him to... He got them Udonis Haslam messy braids. Oh, my God. So, Craig Allen is saying, um, nah, Durant got that roots hair texture. Stop it's it. Stop. Stop. See? So, for those of you listening, Craig Allen hosts um, Phoenix Soul, I believe is the name of the show. The Phoenix Soul Show here on FLO <laughs> Empire Radio at 6 o'clock. So if you want more of his hilarious takes, tune in to the Phoenix Soul Show at 6 p.m. Um, here on Mondays. Um, and then the other question he he tweeted in is, does Portland's Damian Lillard really need to drop a hip-hop album? Can he just stick to playing ball? I mean, hey, why not? If he First of all, I think that Lillard has the most skills out of – any NBA athlete mm -hmm. um, who also raps. So I'm not mad at that. Like, is if it's not taken away from your balling, like, do your thing. I'm partial because he worked with my guy, uh, Jalil Beats. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, I so, so I, yeah, Jalil is that dude. But, uh, you know, to see Damian Lillard appear on Sway rapping, to, to yeah. see him do a video. or, or And he's not the only guy on the team that can rap. You know, Mason Plumley did a little something, too, last summer. Not, but he's not on the same level as Damian. But at I this, wouldn't but, think he would be. But, <clears throat> but <laughs> I think I think that – high face look live. But I think that um, Damian is the truth. Why can't yeah. he rap? I think we've just been spoiled with guys like Shaq who rap exactly. with Biggie. Or, or Kobe, we, who thought he I was, That's exactly what I was going to say. Or Iverson, or Lamar Odom, or who else? No, Shumper. I think Shumper is okay. Shumper's okay. I ain't see it. No? No. So I, I thought Shumper. You've never heard, or are you saying that you've heard it and you didn't see it? I, 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 I've you've seen never nothing. Heard, seen oh, or heard yeah, nothing. okay. No, Shumper has some some skills. Does he? Yeah, Shumper has. I gotta some check skills. that out. Yeah. I was laughing um, when I was I was at uh, in Toronto All Star Weekend. Uh huh. And when Kobe sat down uh, at the end, the, you know every team has an in house DJ. Right. So when he sat and waved and uh, said his fair, wave to the crowd, says farewells. The DJ played a 30 second clip of one of Kobe's songs. So all you heard was. So I saw a couple that's hilarious. So, you know, I'm a, br a bridge between sports and hip hop. Right. I looked at a guy that I know that's a hip hop writer. I looked at him, he looked at me. We were the only two that so got noticed. it. That's and I noticed. That's dope. Like, that was so, how did cool. Kobe react? He grinned. Oh, he, he? Got, he got it. He got it. I hope so. If he, nobody else knows his songs, he yeah. should know his songs. Uh, but they were bad. I know. They were bad. Yeah. At least that didn't kill his legacy. See, and if that's the thing, like if Kobe can rap and it didn't hurt his legacy as an athlete, then there's no reason why Dam Damian Lillard shouldn't be able to put out an album, especially when he actually has skills. But looking back on it, why was it that – remember Iverson took heat for dropping that, that Jules or almost dropping that Jules yeah, album? Yeah, yeah. Iverson could flow. Kenny? He could. This was back when we were like like 2000, 2001. He had an unreleased album. Because didn't like the NBA kill that? I think Iverson came out. He was, I, I feel like he had a target on his back because he was the that first. That was when he was like public enemy number one. Michael yeah. Eric Dyson said that my, that Allen Iverson was Tupac with a basketball. 
And yeah, so he's I've Republican and he's number one. Yeah. And I think that now what he did is now accepted almost like he back, he carried the burden of representation. Yep. He did. So Silas just said the same thing. If Kobe can drop an album, let Lillard let Lillard live. That's a tongue twister. Can I live? Yeah. I agree, Silas. Yes. So Craig, we're gonna Well, I don't know if yeah, because the way you framed it seemed like you were anti Lillard's album, but we're all here and we're not mad at it. Um, yeah, we're not mad at Lillard dropping an album. All right, Scoop B, you want to leave the the people with anything before you head out of here? No, I'm I'm happy for you. You doing your thing. I've been oh, watching you, you from afar. Thank you. And I just want to tell you, you're the man. I, I like Empire the Radio, ma'am. and I like. Get, I'm the man. Did, did, I, did, I, did I pull it off this time? <laughs> I don't know about that. You gotta let me. Can I? Can I live? <laughs> I don't know. But I, you know, I'm happy to be here. I'm glad that uh, you brought me on, and we got to get you up around the scoop as well. Yeah, let's do it. Let's get it. We've you heard it here, people. Yes, ma'am. Um, I mean, it's a habit. Shana. Yes, Shana. <laughs> yes, Shana. Yes, Shana. So Craig, Craig hollered back, and he said, "I still rather cop a Nick Cannon double CD over Damien." You couldn't go with the Sammy. Ooh, I like the way. Oh my gosh, Nick Cannon though. All right, we're going to say goodbye to Scoop. Um, give us a second. And where can the people find you? You can follow me on Twitter at Scoop B. You can follow me on Instagram at Scoop underscore B as well as Snapchat Scoop underscore B. Make sure not only you check out Brown and Scoop, um, but you also check out Scoop B Radio. I've been in the business for a while, so I have interviews that I've done from a kid that I put on ice. Oh, okay. And you can subscribe to it on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, the uh, Listen Now app. And you can check out ScoopBRadio.com. And I've had interviews with everybody from BJ Armstrong, Karen Civil, um, Scott Burrell, Jalil Beats, uh, Meek, I'm sorry, not Meek Mill, um, Neef Buck, who's part of the Young Guns, Miss Jade. So, have what's some of most, everybody. What's your most memorable interview that you've ever done? Dang, you put me on the spot. The most memorable interview that I ever did, one of them, I think, was Jalil, just because we had that connection. I lived in Philly for five years. So, okay. that, that I think was memorable. Um, another memorable interview would probably be some of the ones that went viral um, on Brown and Scoop. Uh, we had Dr. Ben Carson on our show a couple weeks ago. And how? Uh, yes, tell us how that was because I did see the clips from that where um, he mentioned his mom. Yes. So we had. Doc- so yeah, tell fill everybody in on that. We had former Republican. Uh, goes back to what my mom said: "There's more to life than basketball." Right. And so we had former Republican. Um, former Republican uh, hopeful, presidential hopeful, Dr. Ben Carson, neurosurgeon on, and I read his book as a kid. Okay. And so I asked him a question. My mom texted me, ask ask him this, ask him that. So I'm reading a text message, and Dr. Car- I asked Dr. Carson, if your mom was still alive, uh, what, would she, what would she say about <laughs> all, of the, I guess, the success that you've had, blah, blah, blah. He goes, well, you know, my mother's still alive, right? Ooh. So then I kind of clean it up. Then he goes, um... He goes and if she she has she has uh, I think she he says she has Alzheimer's if she so she doesn't remember things going on but if she did she might have take guns out yeah, and, and shoot <laughs> reporters who had negative <laughs> things to say about me I was like Burr? like yeah. but it went viral like it hit every publication and blog and it, it was crazy so I mean yeah CNN and Yahoo yeah but uh, the Hill it hit everything but I mean for Brown and Scoop and kudos to my co-host Jake Brown. We've been running since September 1st, and uh, we've gone viral, I think, about nine times. Like it's, yeah, that's it's, huge. It's, it's booking is key, and um, like I said, we have Perez Hilton, an interview with Perez Hilton that'll drop tomorrow. Oh, really? And um, and you interviewed, nice segue into the next segment, You intervie- did you interview Tommy from um, Power yes. today? Yes, Joseph Sikora, ju- yes. Yeah, you interviewed him today? Yeah, you can find that on iTunes somewhere, um, Brown and Scoop. Did he give you any, like spoilers or anything no but i know he and my co-host have a uh, a bet uh where my co-host jake is a mets fan and joseph oh, okay. is a cubs fan so the winner of whichever team does better in the national league has to buy the other a steak dinner well i think your co-host is going to be buying him a steak dinner i just want to get the free steak dinner too so <laughs> kudos <laughs> to mr sakura for that tommy <laughs> yes tommy yes, yes all yes. right Thanks so much for joining us today. I would have it no other way. Thank you I'm for having so me. I'm so thankful for you coming on my show. I'm thankful to be um, here. Great conversation as always. And yeah, thanks for supporting. I'll keep supporting you. Of course. And I got my little buddy Shaquan here recording and he's off from school today. So I wanted to say his name on the radio because he's going to smile now and say hi back. 
Or not. He's not going <laughs> to smile. Okay, he didn't smile for you. Hey, buddy. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Thank you for having All right. Me. Thank you for joining us. Yes. All right. We're going to take a quick break. And then when I get back, we're going to get into this power recap, you guys. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. <laughs> 